Welcome back to Shnai Mikra, the OU podcast series on Parshat HaShavua. This is Menachem Niptag, and in today's year we continue our study of Parshat A with Shishi, the sixth Aliyah, beginning in Perak Tedvav with chapter 15 in Sefer Dvarim, with Pasak Aleph, the opening verse. Miketz Sheva Shanim Taseh Shemitah. At the end of the seven-year cycle, make Shemitah or celebrate a year of remission. Recall in yesterday's Aliyah that we discussed the first six years of the seven-year cycle, where year one and two, we take our Maser Sheni, 10% of our produce, and bring it to Yushalayim and eat it there, rejoicing in front of God with a reminder to share that produce and rejoicing with the Levite. Then in years three and six of that cycle, we take the same 10% and instead of bringing it to Yushalayim, we leave it in our own communities for the needs of the stranger, the orphan and widow, as well as the Levite. Now in the seventh year of that cycle, when the land has a special law of Shemitah, which is described in Parshat Bahar and Sefer Vayikra, where the owner is not allowed to keep and hoard all the produce for himself, but rather has to make it hefker, has to make it open for anyone who wants to take. And anyone can take as much as they need. In addition to the produce being open for everyone, there's a special law now in Sefer Devarim, or for what the rabbis call Shemitah Ksafim, or the remission of all debts, as Pasuk Bet will now explain. V'zeh Dvar HaShemitah, this is the word or the commandment of Shemitah, Shemot kobal mashe yado asher yashe berehu. Any creditor must remit or annul any debt that is owed to him by his friend. Lo igos et rehu vetachiv ki karash mitaladunai. He cannot collect the debt from his friend or his brother, which refers to everyone in the community, because God has called out that this year will be a year of remission, the shemitah year. Et hanochrit igos, however, a non-Jew should he owe you money. It is permitted to collect the debt from him. But anyone who is your brother from that person, you must relinquish that debt. Pasuk David, Ephes, The word Ephes here is difficult to translate. It's sort of a transition, which implies on the other hand. For example, in the story of the spies, they are told to check out the nature of the land if it is good and how strong the enemy is. When they return with the report, they say the land is good. It's a land flowing of milk and honey. However, and there they use the word Ephes, Ki Azaam. On the other hand, the people living there are very strong and it will be difficult to conquer. Here in a similar manner, the word Ephes is introducing the opposite side. Ephes, Ki Lo On the other hand, we should have this society where no one should be poor and ideally, no one should be in debt. Ki Adonai. Because God surely will bless you. Ba'aretz Asher Adonai Elohecha Noten Lecha In this land that Hashem your God is giving you as an inheritance for you to conquer and establish a nation. As Rashi explains, if Amisro was truly keeping all of God's laws in a proper manner, we would not have a situation with people in debt because everyone would be making a living for the land would be blessed and everyone would have their inheritance. Nonetheless, we do have situations that are far from ideal. And to fix that, God commands us that in the seventh year, we're going to annul all debts and start over from scratch. Pasuk David, this on a condition that you obey and listen to the voice of Hashem your God. Should you keep and do all this commandment that I'm commanding you today, then no one would be poor. However, the laws of Shemitah apply in every situation when there are poor people who are in debt. Because Hashem your God, He will bless you as He promised you. You will be the one lending money to many great nations. 
and you yourself will not be lending money from other nations. And you will have dominion over many nations. And they will not have dominion over you. What Chumash seems to imply is that if Amisar will keep God's laws and we do a good job in making a name for God, he'll make sure that our economy is good and there will not be poverty in the land and we'll have dominion over other nations that will help enable us to make God's name known and great. On the other hand, if we find ourselves under the dominion of others and in situation of poverty, that's a sign from God that we have much to improve in, in our national behavior. Now in the next parsha, we're going to find an example what happens should there be poor people and we're not living the ideal, how are we going to fix it? Pasuk Zayin, verse 7. Should there be a poor person from among your brethren in one of your cities or one of the gates of your city, in your land, the land that Hashem your Lord is giving you, do not harden your heart, and do not shut close your hand, from your brother who is poor. Instead, you must widely open up your hand to him, and lend him or extend him the credit of any amount that he needs in order to cover his debts. Notice the word, very similar to what we saw in Pasuk Vav, that if we're following Hashem properly, we'll be the ones lending money to other nations, and we will not be in need of taking loans from them. One of the laws that we must follow in order to achieve that on the national level is that we as individuals within that nation and one of, and, and one of the commandments that we have as individuals in that nation is to make sure that if one of our brethren are in need, we have to lend them the amount of money that he needs in order to get back on his feet. Be careful. Be careful. Should you have a bad thought in your heart, saying, The Shmiti year is coming close. And then you'll have a bad eye against your poor brother, and you won't give him money. And he'll call out to God, because he's in need. And God may find fault in you, because you did not lend him the money. This Pasuk relates to a situation where the very reason why we have these laws of Shemitah in order to help the poor people who might not be able to pay back their debt, to annul that debt every seven years, might work against them because a person might say in year five or six of the Shemitah cycle, why should I lend money? I'll never get it back again. Chumash encourages that person, lend the money anyhow. Open up your hand and lend them and don't worry, God will bless you and things will be fine. That's easier said than done. And in the second temple period, this problem became very acute and Hillel instituted what's called the Prusbal which allowed someone to collect his debt even after the Shemitah year to encourage people to continue to lend money even though the Shemitah year was nearby. Pasuk Yod, Chumash now, is encouraging the person to lend the money even though the Shemitah year is nearby. Surely you should give him and lend him the money he needs. And it should not cause a bad feeling in your heart when you give it to him. And it will be because of this type of behavior Hashem, your God, will bless you in everything you do, in all of your endeavors. If this is the type of behavior you have and you're so open to helping the poor and needy, God will make sure that all of your endeavors will be successful and you'll have the ability to help the needy. Pasuk Yod Aleph, 
Ki lo yechdau evyon mikerva aretz. There will always be poor people in the land. Alkein onochim etzavcha lemor. Therefore, I'm commanding you, patoch tiftach et yadcha lachicha, laniyacha, ulevyoncha varzecha. Therefore, I'm commanding you to open up your hand to your brother who is poor or to anyone who is destitute who is living in your land. It's quite clear from all these laws and the emphasis here on the need to take care of the poor and the needy that Chumash wants Amisro to create a society which is known for doing what's called Tzedekah Mishpat. And this ties back to the theme we saw in Sefer Breshit back in chapter 18, verse 19, where Chumash explained why was it in the first place that God chose Avram Avinu in order that he would command his children and they their children to follow the way of God to do Tzedekah Mishpat in order that the blessing that God gave to Avram would come true, that he be a model nation representing God before all mankind. Here in Sefer Dvarim, we find a practical application of that idea where the laws of our economy will enhance the creation of a society where social justice will be one of its highest priorities. It's also interesting to note in the psukim that we just read, the phrase, patoch tiftach et yadcha, to open up your hand to help the poor. We know when we say ashray three times a day, one of the key lines in ashray and one of the reasons we say it so many times, because of the phrase, Why would David HaMelech and Tilim describe God opening up his hands and taking care of the poor using the same words that Chumash commands us to do when we have to take care of the poor? That goes back to the theme that we saw back in chapter 10 in Parshat Ekev, in Pasuk Yitzayin and Yutchet, where Moshe tells the people, Hashem is a kela gadol ha-gibor v'anora asher lo yisaparim v'lo yikach shochad v'ohev ger lo tet lo lechem v'simla God loves a stranger and takes care of his needs, followed by the commandment, But you must love the stranger. And just like God takes care of the stranger, so you too must take care of the stranger. So it could be that when we describe God, that he opens up his hands and takes care of all the deity, when we say the Ashray three times a day, one of the ways that God accomplishes this is by commanding his nation, Am Yisrael, to open up their hands and take care of the poor and the needy. This is part of the concept of metatodeo, that we emulate God's in His attributes of mercy, and by our doing that, God will reciprocate and take care of our needs as well. But again, the reason for our doing it should be because it's the right thing to do, and not in the anticipation of reward. We continue now with Pasigid Bet, verse 12. Should one of your brethren, a male or a female, sell themselves into slavery, or possibly baitin, because there was a debt, might have sold a person into slavery to pay off his debt, and hence the creditor now has a Jewish slave, Eved Ivri, or Ama Ivriya. So like we saw in Parshat Mishpatim, the law is that they work for six years, and in the seventh year, they go free. Sefer Dvarim is going to add a different detail, which we see now in Pasuk Yud Gimel. When you send him free in the seventh year, do not send him empty-handed. Instead, ta'aniklo, Instead, give him a stipend. Send him off with a nice present, with a little bonus, from your sheep, and from your produce of grain and wine. From the produce that God has blessed you with, make sure to give him that extra bonus. Pasuk Tedvah, verse 15. You must remember that you were once a slave in Egypt. And God redeemed you from that slavery. Therefore, I'm commanding you today to do this thing, to keep this law of being extra nice and give him that extra bonus. Now this phrase, remember that you were a slave in Egypt, is not found only here in Sefer Dvarim, 
It's mentioned many times in Sefer Tvarim, and it always comes as a motivator following a law of social justice. The first time we found this motivator phrase, remember you were slaves in Egypt, and that's why I took you out, was back in the Ten Commandments in Sefer Tvarim, when we were given a different reason for Shabbat. Shabbat in the Ten Commandments in Sefer Shemot is to remember that God created in six days and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, you rest on the seventh day to remember that there's a creator. In Sefer Shemot, the reason for resting on the seventh day is in order that your workers and servants would also get a day of rest, followed by this motivating phrase, remember you were a slave in Egypt, and that's why God took you out of Egypt, in order to become a nation who is kind and benevolent to those who are needy. We're going to find this phrase in Shvi in tomorrow's Ali as well, and we're going to find it also in Parshat Kitetse, and we always find it following a law which reminds us to be kind and benevolent to someone who is in need. And this goes back to the theme that we saw in Parshat Mishpatim, where we were told not to oppress a stranger, you know what it feels like to be a stranger because you were strangers in Egypt. That was back in chapter 23 in Sefer Shemot in verse 9, Perachav Gimel, Pasuk Tet. Again, we see this theme of social justice, which the laws of Sefer Devarim are emphasizing. It also fits in nicely with the theme for why Amisar was chosen that was discussed back in Sefer Breshit, and also the laws of Parsha Mishpatim that were taught immediately after the Ten Commandments were first given. Recall as well that these laws, even though Moshe is teaching them and reviewing them one last time in the 40th year, they were also given as part of that covenant at Har Sinai during the first 40 days when Moshe was receiving the laws on Har Sinai. And now, as a nation is about to enter the land and set up that nation, Moshe is going to drill these laws one last time, emphasizing these key points. Pasik Tetzayin, verse 16, And should it be that he tells you, this slave, I do not want to go free, Ki because he loves his master and the household. Because it's good for him working for you. Then you take it all, which is an instrument that you pierce someone's ear with. And you pierce his ear next to the door. And then he will remain a slave for you forever. Or to the end of the Yovel cycle. And this option is also open for your maidservant, should she want to remain with you and be your servant forever. So from here we see that a Jewish slave can also decide to remain a slave forever. Now we have a summary pasuk going back to the topic from before. It should not be hard on your eyes when you send him free from you. That's talking about the case when he does go free at the end of the seventh year and decides not to stay. Because he has done a double workload during these six years. And Hashem, your God, will bless you with everything that you're doing by letting him free and treating your servant in a nice manner. From this pasuk we see, like we saw back in Pasha Mishpatim, that when a person owns a slave, he doesn't own the person, rather he owns the work output that he produces when he's working. Therefore, ownership of a slave is a financial type of ownership in relation to his work output, but that doesn't allow you to abuse him as a human being and instead, as a Jewish owner of a slave or servant, the owner must go out of his way to be benevolent and be kind because he's a fellow human being, and therefore he must be treated with total respect. That concludes Shishi, the sixth Aliyah. In Shvi, tomorrow's Aliyah, we'll be discussing the holidays, and again we return to the topic of HaMakom HaShayiv HaRashem, where those holidays will be celebrated in a place that God has chosen to make His name known.